the language of the universe. But I don't understand it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Math and Physics Podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray. And we welcome you to episode 31 of the Math and Physics Podcast, where today, as mentioned in the previous episode, is our 10K Q&A. Let's go. Not followers, though. Just just to be clear. Not followers 10K downloads in total. We got, we got, well... Right now we're at 12k, so you know by the time we got to recording the the 10k episode, we're at 12k. So soon yeah. we're gonna be doing the 25k special. Oh, I That's think it was be... more just like a "Do you guys want to ask us questions?" kind yeah. of thing. It yeah. wasn't really like to celebrate. I mean, even though yeah. the 10k was pretty cool, it's mainly just a name gimmick, <laughs> just to get yeah, a cool it, name. It, you know, we just uh, wanted an, an excuse to do another Q and A. So now exactly. we're doing it. Also. Yep. This we always have news in the beginning of every episode. <laughs> every time. So in other news, we are at nine hundred followers today. Oh. So if you are listening to this episode right now on your phone, on your computer, if it happens to be on Spotify, please hit the follow button. We are almost Ooh. at one thousand followers. Yep. That's gonna that's be gonna big. be that's gonna be big. I think that's gonna be bigger than 10k. I think I, I've told yeah. you this before. Yeah. In my opinion, 1,000 followers means more than 10,000 downloads. Because followers yeah. is like, you know, people who follow you. Like downloads, just that okay, they could have just gone to our page and just downloaded an episode. Yeah, followers but at the same like time, downloads want to listen to you. Yeah, downloads are worth more than like YouTube views, though. Oh, because are they? I, yeah, I because of, uh, on YouTube, you can literally click on a video and click off of the video. Oh, I guess and that's it counts true. As a Download view. it, gets into... Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess that is true. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So, today we will be answering your question. Quick disclaimer before we actually start answering. Um, mm-hmm. We have like 15 questions, I think. So, they're not going to be like super in-depth explanations. Also, some of the questions were not actually like super qualified to talk about (laughs) for sure so we're gonna give like our our understanding yeah of uh the topic Mm -hmm. and uh and uh yeah it might be wrong to be honest yeah there's a chance that it might be wrong if we know that we're right our ideas yeah if we know that we're right we'll definitely tell you be like yeah this is definitely it (laughs) but some (laughs) of these questions actually actually say it the other way around like if if we know or if we think that we might be wrong, we will very clearly state it. We'll be mm. like, hey, we might be wrong in this, but, and, you know, say it. And there might be some things here on and off that we might be, you know, a little factually incorrect about as well. So just assume that some things are wrong. But there are a lot of things, where, especially in, in this episode, it's mainly the Q&A episode that this discretion is for, where yeah. uh, there are a lot of things that we're going to just be like, yeah, that is definitely how this works. And we're just going to be explaining it. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of these are opinion questions, so That's those true. are going to be easy. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. First question. I'll introduce First question. it. First yep. question. What is your favorite podcast episode? Oh. Do you want to okay. go first? Sure, sure. So my favorite podcast episode, I think um, a lot of my friends know this because I've been mentioning this a lot, but my favorite podcast episode is episode 23, Parallel Universes. Because 
Um, I don't know why. It's just it's just a very interesting topic to me, even to this day. And it might be weird, but I I love to listen to that podcast as well. <laughs> just just listen to myself and Parker talk <laughs> about parallel universes because I just think the, I mean the entire concept is really interesting, and there's so much more we can talk about it. That's why I just really love that episode. <laughs> My personal mm-hmm. favorite. What about you, Parker? Awesome. What's your favorite? Well, I actually, as I was saying the question, I thought of a. I thought of an episode that I also liked, but oh. okay. My original answer was episode seven, condensed matter physics with our uh, physics professor Stephen Julian. Ooh. I found that in- that interview to be super, super informative and interesting and intriguing. <laughs> so it was it was awesome being a part of that episode. Yeah, sure. Also, every time we have a professor on the show, it's always like. We just ask a question and then we just sit and listen to like the wisdom (laughs) (laughs) pour out of these like intelligent people. Yeah. And you know, just listening. Sometimes it's out of the scope of what we know, but Mm -hmm. we can still appreciate like what they're doing and what they're explaining. It's crazy. So yeah, episode seven. But as I was asking the question, I actually thought of another episode, which is episode two. Oh, that's right. Higher dimensions. Oh yeah, that was that was insane. an awesome episode. Taken. That, that was, was our insane. literally the second episode we've ever recorded, and it was so cool. It like I remember so explaining, like explaining how it would be, how it would appear to us if a four dimensional ball were to pass through our three dimensional manifold, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, insane. that was crazy. Oh, that I forgot crazy. about that one. Our original yeah. ones were actually like like, yeah, like the yeah. first five six ones were like basically just ideas where we thought it would be really cool to talk about, <laughs> and I think yeah. they were really cool, for sure. Yeah, but there's also like honorable mentions like alien math. Oh yeah. Life in the universe. Oh yeah, for quantum sure. Quantum physics. For sure. And also episodes with Matthew Cater. Those are always amazing. For sure. We have we have three four now. I think. No, we. Have- well, technically, if you count the part part two, we have four, I think. Yeah, yeah, we have four. Uh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we do, we do, yeah. we do. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those episodes are always a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and we're definitely gonna have him on again. Oh so. yeah, for sure. It's just really yeah. fun to talk to him because, like, he's kind of more. Of, I mean, he is exactly our peer. Right, it's it's, yeah. it's just a, a year older. He knows more about our field, and we're in the same field as him, so it's awesome to talk about. So I think, yeah, yeah. well, that we're definitely gonna have him on. He's kind of like a projection of what we're gonna be in exactly. the future. Exactly. <laughs> and I I think of Matt as like a super super smart guy, because you yeah, know this guy sure. got a, a four point sure. in the year that we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm aspiring to <laughs> to achieve the same thing. So yeah. All right. That's that's that. Second question. Okay, next question. Uh the next question is a very very interesting one. Uh <laughs> can you speak on the potential connections between quantum physics and human consciousness? So, yeah, so off yeah. of the bat, this <laughs> is kind of pseudoscience. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing that we really know. Well, there is a about theory. 
There's what? a theory called the quantum brain that actually I was reading just prior to this episode because I knew that I would have to know at least something to talk about <laughs> this. So there, there's a theory called the quantum brain and like the quantum brain theory where basically classical mechanics can't exactly explain how processes in the brain take place. And the only way to explain such processes would be via quantum entanglement and, you know, just quantum effects, basically. So the idea was that classical computers can never be as strong as quantum computers. And I think just a few scientists were like, hey, our brains are pretty strong. So what if our brains are basically quantum computers? You know, because mm. what if every process can have multiple states, right? That's basically the idea of the quantum brain. I mean, that's the idea of the quantum computer. But uh, that's also the idea behind the quantum brain. But again, I don't think it's... I don't really know if we can prove it. Like, uh, well, I think I think uh, one detail that you're missing is yeah. like like why quantum computers are so powerful is because if you think of a, a classical computer, you have you have n bits and each bit can either contain you know a one or a zero. So you can have two times n bits of information, right? Mm -hmm. But because because of uh, the way you can encode information into quantum or they're, they're called qubits quantum bits i think um basically you can you can um have like a superposition yep. of states right and so instead of having two times n two times amount n. of uh, yeah no instead mm -hmm. of having two times n you have two to the n which is which is exponentially quite literally uh bigger than what we we have in classical computers mm -hmm. so um basically you can perform calculations and whatnot uh exponentially quicker than regular computers which is already pretty good yeah but, but it also the, takes exponent like it also takes a lot more power yeah to run. It, it would just be really really be cold yeah it'd be Very a lot cold. a lot better as of right on a now. quantum computer yeah as of right now but yeah, that's a very interesting question for sure. Well, um, we didn't really um, talk about consciousness, though. Yeah. I wanted to say before you cut me off that. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's Continue. Okay, that um, <laughs> consciousness is not uh, explainable as of now. You know, there's n there's nothing. There's no. There's no real hard evidence that consciousness is a part of. The, the physical world, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that's really tying the fact that I know that I'm alive and I can move my hands up and down at will. And there are so many I, philosophical things that you are <laughs> talking about here. It's crazy. Yeah. The, <laughs> but there's just nothing connecting the fact that I know that I'm alive to my body and the particles that make my body you know, there's nothing that we've found yet. So Well, there are like, you know, philosophical theories on all these things. But yeah, of yeah, course. There's no actual connection. I think that's why it's been made a philosophy. Because, you mm -hmm. know, there just isn't an actual connection. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Again, this I'm, is the this is the question where <laughs> we are definitely not sure. Not this can actually speak on this whatsoever. But we think, yeah. I mean, I don't think that there is a connection, you know. 
this okay. can actually be an episode where we talk about like it's it's going to be less of a physics episode and more of a philosophy episode where we try to you know just have a conversation about about the physical world and and consciousness and what is not physical mm-hmm. about reality I've always said so, I would love to do a philosophical episode because I think like philosophy <laughs> and philosophy of science is just a very important thing in science and mm. it's super cool. So actually, I also if think you guys, it's a requirement. Yeah. If you guys us. want us to record a philosophy of science or a philosophy episode, put it in the comments, actually, or yeah, send us an email. That would be or, great. You know, DM us or you know, tell us somehow. We're, we're, <laughs> we're definitely going to do it anyways. But Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm really convinced that we should definitely do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, third question. Uh, I don't know if this is the best way to answer this question is via podcast, but the question is, how do telescopes work? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I think a better way would be to get some audio visual yeah, for kind sure. of explanations. Mm-hmm. But I can I can say like, okay, you have reflecting or reflector telescopes and refractor yeah. telescopes. Mm-hmm. And basically, you have curved lenses, curved mirrors that that you point towards a section of the sky, let's say. Not even the sky. You can point it towards a tree that's far away. And the light that is coming off of or coming towards you from the direction you're pointing in will enter your telescope. And, you know, depending on how your telescope is made, there might be lenses before the mirror or just goes to a mirror directly but usually what happens is that there's a big opening and then where you put your eye is a small opening so what what they do is they take a concave mirror and that focuses the light into a smaller region right if you can imagine like a bowl if you if you shine the light into a a bowl, bowl yeah all the all the rays will focus into a point yep and so, focus. yeah, once once all of those rays are focused in, they get passed through some lenses, more mirrors, so that it can be shot out of the side of the telescope usually, or maybe the back if it's a refractor. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. There are different types of telescopes. Yeah, there are very uh, many. They're like, the refractor versus reflector is also just how it's mainly. Yeah. Built. Like, in the reflector, there's a mirror. There's a parabolic mirror that then reflects it into another mirror that then reflects yeah. it into an eyepiece. Or again, depending on how the telescope is made, it can just directly reflect it into the eyepiece. Again, depends on how the telescope is made. But for mm-hmm. refractors, you know, it, sometimes the eyepiece could just be, you know, in line with the mirror in or in line with the lens. Sorry. So it just all depends, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, and the reason visual, why telescopes... Uh, yeah, um, like, like a visual description would definitely be better. Yeah, sorry, yeah. continue. But the the reason why telescopes are so like clear, I guess you can say, like there's no technology inside of a telescope. It's just, you know, mirrors and lenses, mm-hmm. but you can point it at the moon and see the moon very, very clearly. It's kind of mind baffling, but the reason is because there's no loss of information, right? All the information about the moon, like the visual information about the moon is coming into your eye, but just because it's very far away and your eye isn't that that great you can't really discern the details but when you put that information into a telescope that makes it 
easier for our eye to see. There's no loss of information, so that's why you get to see the magnificent details without having to, you know, take a picture and zoom in. Mm -hmm. You just have it in front of your face. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Also, yeah, interesting next... thing about telescopes is uh, refractor versus reflector, and the fact that reflectors have you know mirrors. Is all the famous telescopes that you can think of, like the Hubble Space Telescope, or all the famous telescopes in space, all are ref uh, are reflecting telescopes for the main reason mm. that mirrors are just lighter to carry than lenses, and mm. you know are they're just a lot easier to construct than lenses because there's no lensing, there's no refracting happening in a reflecting telescope. Of course, mm -hmm. all they have to do is really transport this, you know this piece of metal yeah. with a few mirrors in it like it's yeah you know it's 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 not that heavy but with essentially lenses, that's what a, a telescope is right sorry it's just a a telescope is just like a hunk of metal with mirrors in it yeah, exactly <laughs> so. i mean at least that's a reflecting telescope yeah yeah so we should get on to the next question also a reflecting telescope is generally a lot bigger like a lot wider and you can very well tell sorry i just mm -hmm. had to put it in there okay so big mirrors okay so question... next question Four. Okay. Oh god okay we so are not moving quickly <laughs> the next question is very interesting uh what would happen if a black hole went into another black hole that's uh, that's a very interesting so... question so well technically a uh, black hole would not really go into another black hole because the way just gravity works is if there were just two rogue black holes chilling and one somehow comes into the gravitational influence of the other what would happen is it would kind of be behave like a binary system or a binary black hole system where they're just revolving or rotating around each other. They're technically mm. rotating around a common center of mass. And whatever that center of mass is, they'll just keep rotating until they yeah. become closer and closer together. Now, depending on the size of both of these black holes, either one of them will just kick the other one out or it could just, while they keep coming closer and closer together, they just become one even bigger black hole. So the mm -hmm. 2015, the famous 2015 gravitational waves that were measured were actually from a black hole event, a binary black hole system collapsing into each other, becoming a bigger black hole. That event let out so many gravitational waves with such great energy that we could actually measure it, right? Yeah, and so. just for reference, um, when we say like a binary system, mm -hmm. um, it could be really anything like the, the earth moon is a binary system. It just yeah. seems as though the earth is rotating around or sorry, I meant to say earth sun. Earth um, sun. Yeah. It, I was trying, I was thinking it, about, I'm like, yeah, wait, <laughs> it, it seems, well, earth moon is a binary system, but anyways, earth um, sun isn't really binary though. Cause there are a lot no, more. Let me, let me finish though. Okay, um, okay, so the, the earth is, is rotating around the sun. But actually, it's not. It's both of them are rotating around a common center of mass because the uh, the sun is like a million times bigger than the sun. That what? center of mass is really close. You just to, said the sun is a million times bigger than the sun. A uh, million times bigger than the Earth. Okay. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, Sorry. The the center of mass is really close to the actual center of the sun. So that's why it appears that way. But let's say we had two suns, um, the center of mass would just be in the middle. Mm -hmm. So both suns would be rotating in an ellipse. That's just a, a small detail, but we can assume circular orbits. They'd be rotating just around the middle. 
And so same thing happens with two black holes. They're just rotating around a common center of mass. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, depending on the characteristics of these black holes, yeah. some event will happen. Yeah. Maybe one goes into the other, you know, who knows? Maybe one get kicked out. Yeah, who knows? that's right. Who knows? All right. So next question. Yeah. Why do you age differently in space? So we actually covered this in our special relativity episode, but just to explain it nice and short, concise, um, because the speed of light has to be the same in all reference frames, if you go very close to the speed of light, if, you're, if your velocity is, is close to the speed of light, what happens is that consequently your time has to slow down so that the light can stay well, not necessarily so that the light will stay at the same speed, but because the light stays at the same speed, your time is dependent on your velocity. Mm -hmm. So the faster you go, the slower your time has to be so that the light can not catch up, but stay in the same. It's Anyways. also, <laughs> uh, no, but space is also mainly due to the gravity being a lot, uh, not a lot less, but because you're also so much farther away from the center of the earth. Uh, there is also gravitational time dilation that is also taken into effect, like a little bit. But there, it, I mean, you mm -hmm. can still talk about it. And I think we also did cover this in our special relativity episode. Yeah. I probably mentioned something about general relativity and gravity also depending, or time also depending on your gravitational influence. So because they're in a much less uh, dominant gravitational field, or not technically less dominant, just farther away, that's why they can also experience gravitational time dilation, where your time mm -hmm. slows down on a so this, heavy uh, mass. Yeah. This question was asked um, in a way like, like, why do you age differently in space? You don't actually age differently in space. You age the same. It's just depending on the speed you're going at, right? Like, you're not moving in your reference frame, but the Earth is rotating around itself and rotating around the sun. So it's, versus your reference frame, the Earth has some velocity. And as I explained before, if you have some relative velocity versus another object, mm -hmm. then the time that you're experiencing will be slowed down compared to another or the other will be slowed down compared to you yeah it, um i think compared mm. is like the most important term in that sense because like it, it's all yeah. it's all about comparing when you age differently relative to yourself obviously you don't age differently at all but the moment you come back on earth you're like hey he's like five seconds younger than everyone else what <laughs> so there's mm. that difference it's all yeah. it's all about so, comparing the ages that's right so next question, why is the universe expanding? So that is a question that only God can answer. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know I don't know why the universe is expanding, but you know, I can tell you, you know, physically using like equations and things like that, I can tell you why it makes sense that the universe is expanding. I can't yeah. go to the edge of the universe and be like, hey, look, it's moving away from me. No, but, but technically, you know. technically, technically, we have seen proof more yeah. or less of the universe expanding because when we see, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, when we point our telescopes at the sky or when or technically not from Earth, but when we look at the so-called edge of the universe that we technically can't, but hypothetically speaking, the light coming from there can be still be visual. 
But what we see in like 50 and 100 years is that we can see far much more light coming to us from things that we've never seen before. So galaxies and things that we've never seen before that seemingly existed, obviously, didn't exist in our observable universe. So what does that mean? The only explanation for that is that our observable, quote unquote, universe is expanding. So is mm. the universe expanding? Well, we don't really know. Is our observable universe expanding? Yes, because we can see mm -hmm. that. We can see that the light from other galaxies is reaching us and the galaxies are basically drifting apart from each other on average. It's kind of like that balloon example where you inflate a balloon. That's kind of what's happening to our uh, galaxy. I mean, sorry, and to our one, universe. Right? One thing that's, uh, that's important to note is that the, the reason we know, or not, not necessarily the reason, but one way to imagine why our observable universe is expanding mm -hmm. is because um, the light moves at the speed of light, yeah. right? <laughs> and, so, and so if you are at a distance that is so far away from the Earth, and let's say it's a star that's emitting photons, and since the beginning of the universe, that light has been on a trajectory towards the Earth, mm -hmm. Or not, not necessarily since the beginning well, of the universe, yeah. but since that star since, was formed, yeah. the, the very first photons that were emitted were on a trajectory towards the Earth. And it just so happens that, you know, uh, distance equals speed times time. The speed is the speed of light. But the because the distance is so great that it takes, let's say, five billion years to get to the Earth. So... So our so as more time goes on, the more far away photons are reaching our eyes. And so the further into the universe mm -hmm. we can see exactly. as as time elapses. Mm -hmm. So that's why our vision of the universe grows with time, mm -hmm. but we don't actually know where where the end is. And that is actually a very good honest. segue into another question that we yeah. have, which is what is the size of the universe currently? Oh. And as we just said, there is no way for us to know that. There is zero way. And that is because of the speed of light. Well, the, we, we don't know the size of the universe. We know the size of our observable universe. Though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So It's like some 90 billion light years or something like that. Yeah, there's only one thing that we can know, and that is just how far we can see. <laughs> Beyond that limit of how far we can see, it could be complete blackness. It could be, you know, a hyperbolic black hole that is surrounding our observable universe. You know, <laughs> it could like be literally like, anything. Like beyond beyond that boundary, it's just yeah. it's just like we are in the black hole. <laughs> like Anyways. we have no idea. Yeah, the, what and is we will. A fun thing about that is that we will actually never know. Yeah, that's true. That's also true. Because unless we go at the speed of light, there's no way we're going to be able to catch up to that boundary that is moving at the speed of light. Mm -hmm. So we need to go faster than the speed of light to catch up to the boundary and cross it. So according to the laws of physics, not possible. So turns out we're never actually going to know what's beyond our observable universe. Yeah, it's... yeah. It's pretty sad, but that's a sad reality. Okay, yeah. segue on to the next question. Oh, not really. 
At what age did you know you wanted to go into astrophysics? Okay. So I'm going to start this off. Oh, no. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh sorry. Did you want to? No, no. Okay, because I kind of wanted to say, um, in 20... Wait, when did Interstellar release? <laughs> Whenever Interstellar released... Wasn't it 2014? Yeah, I was going to say 2014. I think it was and 2014. Then I, then so six years... Up. Oh, wow. That was six years ago. Oh, my God. That's crazy. So anyways, uh, six years ago... Uh, I watched the movie Interstellar, and I think I've told this story before. I swear I have, but um, um, yeah. So I watched the movie Interstellar, and basically I had a lot of questions that were not answered by the movie. So what I decided to do was to search of all, uh, search all these questions on Google, and that basically piqued my interest in astrophysics. So I'm not sure what age, but well. I'm 19 right now, so 13. I was probably 13, 14 years old when I wanted to go into astrophysics. Yes. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was actually 17 years old. Oh. Um, I already explained this story in one episode. I was in high school. I dropped all my sciences. I was going into business. And then I was on the website for U of T and I saw astrophysics as a program and I was like damn I really have to do that <laughs> so I added physics to my schedule in high school in grade 12 I took it I did I added calculus to my oh no I, I was already doing calculus because of business but yeah and then now I'm here doing astrophysics that's awesome that's actually really cool that's that's really yeah. cool yeah I, I think we've both mentioned these answers before but yeah. you know it's a 10k Q&A so that's, that's what right. we do Next question. Next Favorite question. class you've taken at U of T so far? Um, probably, um, well, okay, let's say classes we've completed, okay? Oh, no, so, what? Yeah, 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 only classes oh, we've completed I, because, I we, because we don't know what, what's going to come. That's true, that's true. In the that's classes true. that we're taking now. That's true. So favorite class that I've completed, I have to say it's linear algebra. Oh, no, you... God damn. God damn. <laughs> you can have the same answer but you know i honorable mention calculus one with it with proofs the only reason i didn't like it as much as i should is because i was totally unprepared for proofs and so i was kind of cursing my life at the time if i was just a little bit more prepared for proofs i think that would have been my favorite that's cool that is cool my favorite is also <laughs> linear algebra uh, it's the courses I've done also because I think that course is really cool. I think it's really, really interesting because just I don't think we've ever really done uh, the level of matrices and the level of matrix analysis that we did in 223 in high school. I don't think we've ever done that. So mm -hmm. I was I was really interested and satisfied after 223 because I was like, that's yeah. that was a really cool course. Plus, that is so applicable in like almost every single physics course we're taking. Yeah. Like 223 or linear algebra in general is a very important course. And I really enjoyed it. And also they start from zero too. They literally start from what is like an, uh, a coordinate. Yeah, they then, started from bare basic yeah. to the point then, where I'm know, like, this is going to be so easy. Yeah, and then they're like, what is a vector? What does it mean to be linearly dependent? What does it mean to be linearly independent? And then all the way from there to projections, matrices, linear transformations, eigenvalues, all that stuff. Yeah, that was all very that cool. good stuff, all that good stuff. Next question. Okay, next question. Would, Would you go to space? Wow, that's a good question. 
Well, um, yes, I think the answer for, for sure. me, the, <laughs> for the sure. answer is pretty obvious. Of um, course I would go. Yeah. If I had an opportunity to go, I mean, I know I would have to spend a lot of money, the money I probably wouldn't have. So if people, if I just got an opportunity somehow, like, hey, do you want to go to space? For sure. There's yes. no way I'm turning that down. I would listen. I would go to the moon any day of the year. Yeah. <laughs> if 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 somebody said, "Hey, l- do you want to go to the moon?" I would be like, I would not even ask any questions. I, I, I wouldn't like, even yes. hesitate. Just yeah. I would I would hop just, in the just, rocket just, and go to the moon. Then. <laughs> this just is hop in the rocket and leave. Listen, I'm pretty sure only nine humans have been to the moon. Oh or wow. Or twelve, something like that. Some it's a pretty low number, yeah. But take in 108 billion humans have been born on this earth and only, you know, let's say less than 20 have been to the moon. So (laughs) it's definitely a percentage game here. Yes. Like going to the moon is definitely like the top of the bucket list. But I think he's asking morally, would you go to space? Like, yo, whatever is it, the ISS? Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, for sure. Okay, next question. Favorite celestial body? Oh, I don't know. I don't really Saturn. know if I have a favorite. <laughs> Saturn with its Saturn? rings is just crazy Ooh, cool. Like that is cool. I, I I just think the entire the entire plan is just really awesome. Like mm. the rings look beautiful. First of all, like yeah, they're just gorgeous. That is right. Just like like it's just crazy, crazy planet. That is true. Um, for me, I'm just gonna pick one. I'm gonna say it's Io, okay. one of uh, Jupiter's moons. Okay. Uh, the reason why I think it's it's cool is because there's frozen like hydrogen lakes or something like that. Wait, isn't that on, on Titan? Oh yeah, that is on. That's Titan. on Titan. That's Saturn. okay. I meant I meant I meant Titan. <laughs> I meant Titan because there's there's like methane lakes. Yeah, yeah, methane lakes. That's yeah, that's on cool. Titan. Yeah, that's on yeah. Titan. So okay, that'd be kind of nice to go to. Yeah, that would be that would be dope. That'd be right. Plus, you got you got Saturn as a as a as an orbiting planet around in, in the sky. So that's kind of cool. Okay. Right. So the next question is kind of a combination between two questions because it's very similar. Uh, is it possible to sustain human life elsewhere? Or, and uh, one person asked, especially like the Martian, like, is that possible? Would that be possible? So, yes. I think and yeah. this is, I mean, it's and kind of Elon demonstrated. Musk is yeah, but it's demonstrated by the ISS that you can live <laughs> in space, I, I guess. I mean, I don't... Okay, when they say... Sus- that doesn't I mean, really I guess, count, though. No, I think when you mean sustain human life, I think they mean, like, without all that shenanigans. Because, bro, like, I don't think anyone wants to live, you know, in a spacesuit. <laughs> or, yeah. or, or technically, if you're inside the place, like that's still a weird mm-hmm. environment to live in. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think what he means by this is, is human life, you know, able to exist in other yeah. places? And the key word here is exoplanet. Oh, and there are tons and tons of exoplanets, which are planets yeah. not in our solar system that have similar qualities mm-hmm. to earth that are at a, a, a the right distance away from their star and you know they Star's could good. potentially yep. be a host yep. to life forms it's just so, so far that we can't really tell yeah you know? that's right yeah, so the exactly. only the only way that we could answer that question for sure 
would be if we were to visit an exoplanet, see trees, for example. <laughs> or see something. <laughs> yeah, see something. See something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Next okay, question. Next question. Favorite mathematical equation or theory? Oh wow. Um, favorite theory probably uh, quantum theory. <laughs> wow, wow! You really pulled out the quantum <laughs> theory, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't know what my favorite equation. Probably the classic e to the i phi. Oh my e, Euler e to the i pi minus one classic. is equal to zero. You're a no, plus one. physicist, bro. You're a basic plus physicist. Plus one is equal to zero. Um, but yeah, favorite theory, quantum theory. I just think, you know, learning learning quantum mechanics is hard, but it's doable. You got to really get your brain into a probable, probabilistic way of thinking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so, for sure. Yeah. So my favorite uh, equation okay I'm gonna actually gonna do theory first my favorite theory is the general theory of relativity I think that is insane also because Einstein just broke everybody's minds with that theory because everybody because he basically said yo gravity does not exist and he said that in the most elegant way possible in that in the paper of general theory of relativity like I just I Beautiful theory. It, the mm -hmm. Einstein's field equations, awesomely written. It's just super cool to think about. Also, um, right. a good recommendation on gravity is the new Veritasium video. I have to share this because it is just so good. It visualizes gravity so well. The new Veritasium video is a, why gravity is not a force or something like that. And it is a must watch. Must watch. So yeah, so that's my favorite theory. I don't really... Favorite equation... I don't really know. Like, I, I just pick one. E equals mc squared. I, mean, I was I was gonna say that, but that's not even the actual special relativity equation. It's e squared. E. That's that one. It's the whole thing. E equals gamma mc squared. Oh yeah, that's the one. Okay. Um, right. no, my favorite. Okay, sure. Time favorite equation is the time dilation equation. I'm gonna say that because I think go. time dilation is really cool. The that's fact awesome. that you know how time depends on velocity and everything. Yeah. So that's my favorite equation. Yep. Okay. Next, next question. question. What has been your most difficult subject to learn? Probably quantum mechanics. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I expected um, that. Last year when we were learning it, it was uh, kind of just thrown in our face. They were like, mm -hmm. this is the Schrodinger equation. <laughs> and then I was like, how? What? What <laughs> how does, how does this happen? This? <laughs> um, For sure. For sure. A lot of questions I had to ask. And how I really un got to understanding it was just like, I just stopped asking questions <laughs> and I just, I just let the math kind of unfold. And then I kind of got like an understanding. I was like, okay, well, if I just, uh, if I just accept these rules, everything kind of falls into place. Also, our second year quantum mechanics course has also been a very big help in this. Regard. Yeah. Very, very big, very, help. I, very big help in this. Regard. I think starting with, states and polarization and interference yeah. is a lot better than just saying this is the schrodinger equation yeah, for sure for sure um okay yeah. so awesome. uh for me uh well it wasn't really difficult it was just different uh mat 137 or my first year calculus course 
because it, it involved a lot of proofs. It was just a very, it, I mean, difficult is kind of the wrong word. Maybe that's not the right course to describe for this question, but it was a very different course that I wasn't really used to. So uh, it was it was difficult, I guess, in the beginning for sure. And then uh, how I got it, well, I still haven't, uh, I don't think anyone has just got it just yet. We're still getting it. We're still in the process of getting yeah. it. But I think just practice, more and more practice of proofs and just finishing the first year, just finishing 137, I think was a really good way to get proofs because I think like mm. they summed it up in all pretty well. So, yeah, that's my answer. Yeah. Okay, next question. After a really long time, like unimaginably long, will the universe slowly become one big galaxy? As far as we know right now, what could happen? I have an an answer to this. Go for it. Uh, There's actually a YouTube video that you can watch, which is kind of like a logarithmic time lapse of the universe and theoretically what will happen. Mm -hmm. And actually, because of the nature of stars, they they release energy every single second of the day and night, including black holes through Mm -hmm. Hawking radiation. And so that energy goes into space But because of the, I think, first law of thermodynamics, something like that. Oh, um, I I always get it mixed up. Heat only transfers from hot to cold. You can't have have, um, a cold uh, object transfer uh, heat to another object, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if you have have an ice cube and, and your hand the heat from your hand goes to the ice cube. It's not the other way around, right? The ice cube doesn't get colder and your hand gets that energy from the ice cube. It it always goes one way. And so because of that, stars eventually in a very, very long time will all just die out and black holes also. When when the the universe is going to be just a dark place with just black holes roaming around and then eventually the black holes will just faint into nothing Mm -hmm. then everything is just going to be one soup of matter just floating around well technically also as we call it the universe is quote unquote expanding right because these galaxies that we can see are moving farther away from each other so if in in an unimaginably long time if this just forever continues because remember the the reason we say that this is occurring is because of you know dark energy and stuff like that. And dark energy is what's mm-hmm. propelling the universe's expansion and causing all these galaxies to, you know, being rip, ripped apart from each other. So in unimaginably long time, we could say, if this just keeps on continuing, that the universe would just be frozen because it there, there would be so much dark matter or so much just space, empty space mm-hmm. in the universe that, you know, basically all the galaxies, all the stars are also so far away from each other that they just can't heat up. So the theory is actually called the big freeze. That's actually a pretty famous theory that people might have heard of before where the universe just expands and then it has nothing to do. So it just cools down. Yeah. And the the density of the universe would just be very close to zero. (laughs) There'd just be so few particles everywhere you go that Mm -hmm. there's basically just nothing. Yeah, exactly. So we have come to our last question death, now. But yeah, okay. Yeah, we have now arrived to our last question, which is on nanotechnology. Okay, so this is another question where 
we don't really know what we're talking about, nope. but we shall give our best idea. But you know what I know for sure? What? There will be nanobots in the coronavirus vaccines. Oh, yes, yes. Of sorts. <laughs> so of be sorts. careful. Um, that was a joke if, if, if you took that seriously. Um, I was fully taking it. Wait, I was thinking of, oh, that's what you mean. Like oh, nano robots, Ray, that take I over your brain. It. I totally just got it. I, I was, I, I thought you, I thought you meant antibodies in the coronavirus. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, of no. course, there will be antibodies in the vaccine. No, no, no. That's sorry. That's what I thought you said. Sorry, nanobots. Um, yes, no, there will not be nanobots in your vaccine. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nanotechnology is just small technology, um, yeah. usually used. Well, not usually because it's not really been hasn't been mastered to a degree of fine perfection yet mm -hmm. but it's in the future there will be mini robots that will be able to go into your body and destroy a tumor or fix some genes or whatever um that's yeah people are scared of it because it could take over your brain and yeah and all that you would kind become, of stuff but you'd become uh, a zombie i think nanobots yeah um I think yeah. nan nanotech was posed, was like the idea was posed by Richard Feynman when he was just thinking about, you know, just small things, just quantum mechanics in general. <laughs> because yeah. uh, nanotech basically just stems from making really tiny things do very complicated tasks, hopefully, right? I mean, and then if a, a collection of them can do these complicated tasks, just like Parker said, you know, send na like these nanobots in your brain and it can remove a tumor or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think nanotech is coming in the future for sure. I think it's a really yeah. cool technology, but I don't think it's something to be afraid of unless obviously, you know, I mean, in like 3000 years, who knows, maybe they'll be selling like nanobots on eBay, like, you know, remove well, brain tumor yourself by nanobot. My personal opinion <laughs> or something is like that, that people should be scared of technology. Yeah, for sure. They should be protecting their data. No, we are not sponsored by. Oh, no, no, we are not. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> I swear, I just thought we were gonna go into a segue. I'm like, wait, we're not sponsored. <laughs> uh, but yeah, protect your data. Stay away from Facebook and things like that. They are just trying to steal your information. <laughs> um, all right, that is a good place to end the that podcast. Was, yeah, <laughs> we actually answered all the questions. Um, yeah. We didn't do it in 30 minutes, but I think we're okay with 40 minute podcasts yeah. from now on. It's fine. So, Let's make yeah. this uh, outro short and sweet. Yep. Make sure to follow on Instagram at math.physics.podcast. Email uft.math.physics at gmail.com. Uh, make sure to follow on Spotify, Podbean, Apple, anywhere you're listening to this podcast right now. Leave a comment uh, on YouTube, anywhere you find a comment section. Leave a comment, ask a question. We will address your questions. Um, yeah, this yeah. has been... The... Also, quick reminder, quick reminder, uh, yeah. 900 followers. Ooh. Smash that follow button. Try to get yeah. us to 1K. 1K, 1K. It's going to be insane. We, we like those numbers, all right? Uh, this has been episode number 31 of the Math and Physics Podcast. I am your host, Parker. And I am Ray. And we will see you soon. See ya.